we are not really used to talking about things and we're not really used to facing things, but it can be just as ingrained in our routine as avoiding them. But the more you face things, process them or confront them, the better things become. So it's like moving from a merry-go-round to a roller coaster. This is just a practice. It's just a way of thinking that you kind of incorporate it into the way that you're approaching life. It's behind things. It's like behind the why. It's behind your why. Has your life, your dreams been interrupted? Good news. It is possible to reinvent our lives. People are doing it every day. And some are brave enough to share the struggles, disappointments, and challenges. If you are looking for a new beginning, a do-over, or to rediscover your passion, maybe even find a new one, then grab a cup of coffee and let's talk. Interrupted, Act 2, Reinventing Your Legacy, with your host, Coach Lori. You are hearing stories from people whose lives have been interrupted, and yet... They're using their stories to help others. Have you ever thought of using your story to help others by writing a book or creating a podcast? Well, then you're in the right place. Go to www.coachlaurie.com for all the details. Hashtag binging sober. Are you an escapist? Truth is, the majority of people unconsciously turn to mind-numbing habits, such as binge eating, binge drinking, binge watching shows, and binging social media in order to escape from their reality. It's simply a fact of American life in the 21st century, and these unhealthy habits are eating away at our mental and physical health and overall well-being. If you're ready for a change and ready to embrace a natural zest and energy for life, be part of the hashtag Binging Sober movement. Colleen Ryan Hensley is a performance coach, a Navy veteran, and the founder of the Binging Sober Movement. She's host of the Mental Toughness and Makeover podcast. As a Navy veteran, she struggled with depression, alcohol abuse, and past traumatic stress. She learned how to tame her brain and turn her fight into her greatest asset. And now she's a champion for optimal wellness from a place of knowing the ways that living with depression can be a rich experience. Her mission is to empower people who are ready for a change, to manage their escapism so they can increase their energy and live a full life. Let's reimagine mental toughness and make healing the way. Heal yourself, heal the world. I love what your webpage says. Your beautiful life exists in the place you're avoiding. Please help me welcome Colleen Ryan Hensley. Let's put a .com after that so you can find her webpage. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you, Lori. Well, let's just start, hit the road running about what you're doing, what your life is like right now. Oh, that's a big loaded question. (laughs) I currently live outside of Houston. Texas in a beautiful little town called Richmond. I have three grown children and my wonderful husband. My children are all my stepchildren, but I've raised them as my own as a full-time stepmommy. And so they are my kids. Currently, like this very moment, I have lots of family visiting for the holidays. A lot of the kids are home for Christmas, but I am a performance coach. I have my own business. I've had it since 2016. My main client is University of Texas at Dallas um, Center for Brain Health. On top of that, I have started sharing hashtag binging sober, which is a practice that I've used to manage my own mental health 
for, gosh, decades now since my time in the Navy. On your webpage, you have so many great resources, and I want to go to what brought you here, but I love this button. It says, take the quiz. Is escapism holding you back? Yes, yes. Have you taken it? I I haven't. I'm going to, but tell us about that. The quiz, you know, are you an escapist? When I talk about escapism, so there's escape, which is a natural human tendency to just take a few moments or a break or a, you know, a pause or read a book or anything. There are many, many, many different types of escape, but some of them can turn toxic. Some of them may already be toxic. Some of them are potentially toxic. When something, an unhealthy mind numbing habit falls on that side of potentially toxic or toxic, that's when we talk about them as escapisms. So right now, in society, you know, we're so overwhelmed with so many things and distress is a huge part of our lives that we're constantly managing. A lot of times we tend to lean on those things that help us to escape and maybe, you know, avoid other things that could be causing that, that stress. That's what the quiz is about. And that's what hashtag binging sober is about is really being mindful of what those things are for you because they can be very individual. I had a friend tell me the other day that his escapism was scrolling through his phone. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of that going on. Yeah. (laughs) At first he thought, I got to know what's going on in the news, but then he recognized that he was avoiding. Yeah. It's so ingrained into just our habits. And these things are so accessible in excess that we don't typically take the time to step back and say, wait a minute, how is this impacting my life, my time, my energy, my wellness? So tell us what brought you to discovering this about binging sober, escapism, and all of that. I spent almost 11 years in the Navy from 1999 to 2010. So now I've been out longer than I was in at this point. We'll just talk about like the name, the sober in the binging sober. When I use that word, I'm using it in its dictionary, like its dictionary sense, unhurried, calm, serious, balanced, Those types of things. Yes, there's a lack of intoxication piece, but I like to really talk about how I use sober because it's more of a more well-balanced place. I'm not just talking about um, abstinence. I'm not talking about full abstinence. I'm talking about binging on this mindset, this place that a lot of times we're looking for when we use these things to escape. You could argue that we want to alter our mind state. Like we're trying to alter our mind state, maybe unconscious, right? I mean, those things could be just ingrained in our routine. So we're not saying, wait a minute, I want to feel better right now. But that is what we're going for. And a lot of these things can tend to make us feel worse. So they're actually pulling us away from that sober state. Well, for me, it did start with alcohol. In my teens, I suffered with, I struggled with depression, I started leaning on alcohol heavily back then, you know, on the weekends, you know, I can talk about it now, but back then we were just doing it, not thinking anything of it. And for me, looking back on it, that's what I was using. Fortunately, I was also a long distance runner. So those are my two main escapes from very young age. When I joined the Navy, I mean, the culture is very, alcohol is very ingrained in that culture, just as it is in American society. I started abusing it. Again, still not seeing it as abuse of this 
of this substance. I wasn't because it was just ingrained into the culture, ingrained in what I was doing. What happened was when we would go on deployment out on the ships, I wouldn't have access to my main escape of alcohol, but I did have running. Thankfully, there was that balance always, but it was those long periods, like the longer periods at sea, even a few days, even a few days without it, which a lot of people don't you know, recognize that, hey, even a few days, like really, you can start to feel clearer and better. The more times I went out and came back in, I would realize this huge difference in my quality of life, in my clarity of thinking, like just everything, because I wasn't leaning on these things that I was using to avoid other things. It wasn't until I got out of the Navy. So again, back in 2010, and I'm a huge advocate for mental health. I was seeing a counselor, a life coach who was also a a licensed professional counselor. So I was going like with this approach, this like goal setting approach, right? This, okay, where do I want to go with my life now that that part of my life is over? It's just like any transition. I mean, it was a very big, very big change in, in lifestyle to get out of the military. So I just wanted to create structure around what I was doing. And so I was seeing the therapist and eventually started peeling back the layers because that's what we do in therapy, right? Lo and behold, there are all of these things that I had avoided for so long. So along with that therapy, I started pretending like I was going to see because I knew there was like this part of me that knew that when I was on deployment, I felt a lot better. A lot of that was just laying off of some things here and there. It was this intentional act of really paying attention to my drinking, that once I started to manage that, I was able to recognize, okay, that's not the only escapism I'm leaning on. I'm also leaning on this. There's also this, there's also this. And all of these things impact us more than we recognize if we're not paying attention to them. And a lot of times they're controlling us if we're not controlling them. So it became really a formal practice for me probably five, six years ago was this, these sober binges to really reconnect with that, that really clear mental state that we oftentimes miss. And so the binge was like, I'm on the ship and I'm not doing anything of the escapism, right? Right. Because of just that structured environment, I was reading books on deployment. Like I would do all of these. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't just the, it wasn't just the alcohol. Then it was, oh my gosh, I watch way too much TV, all of these things. And again, not inherently toxic, but it's how you're using them and how they're affecting you that they were impacting me. And there are other things that we just blindly use that are impacting us. And I love how you say you weren't even aware. It was just, this is what we do. This is the culture. And yet those those things are thieves of our best life. Oh my gosh, huge thieves. I hear so much from, from clients and people that I work with, friends, everyone. I hear it so often now, this, this uh, time is moving so fast. Like, oh my gosh, where's the time going? When we actually pay attention to where our own personal time is going, we can see the calculation and how much time, like you said, how we're robbing our own time using these things. Somebody listening is going, man, I think I I have some escapism going on. Would you recommend taking the quiz? And then do you give them steps after that? Or what's your process? Absolutely. Absolutely. Take the quiz and then you'll, I, I don't bombard with emails, but I do have a few courses launching here soon that you'll be on the list to hear about once you take that quiz. So yes, there will be some very easy, simple steps to take to start to incorporate this practice into your life. And once you recognize, say you take the quiz and you like recognize you've got escapism, maybe you never thought of it in the terms like I love that you said, oh, I recognized 
that was more than just alcohol. It was yep. other things. What's kind of the next process as people recognize, oh my goodness, I have this, you know, yeah. now what? First and foremost, do not panic. <laughs> <laughs> when we do struggle with more of the toxic or things that impact us dramatically, I mean, of course, please talk to a professional about those types of things. This is really for those things that really impact our wellness that we do have control over or potential for control. If you do realize, if you're listening and you do think, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, yes, time is moving really fast. What am I doing with my time? Do I, am I tired? You know, why am I stressed? All of those things. I mean, if you take the quiz, it'll really pull out some of those highlights of, okay, are you feeling like this, this, this? Well, then, then you're going to, the next step is to question that. Okay. Well, what is it? My next step would be start paying more attention, journaling. We tend to try to change too much at once when we realize that something is not impacting us in the best way possible. So it's really about just being a better version of yourself, even if it's a little, little tiny bit every day. And those things really build on themselves. So just paying attention and saying, okay, what are these things and how much time am I really spending on them? Because for me, it could be TV. It could be this other thing. I mean, exercise can even be, there are things that we don't consider toxic that if we're doing them in a manner that is impacting us that way, overtraining, that kind of thing, then again, that can be your escapism, even though you're not really thinking of it that way. So really starting to check in and connect and, and make those connections of what those things are for you is the next step. It sounds like, okay, first is the awareness and right. then the intention. And I love how you said people will try to make too many changes mm -hmm. because this is, you're a coach, I'm a coach. This is what I hear all the time. Well, I need to. And I always say, stop right there because uh, you won't. If you need right. to, you won't. What do you want to? <laughs> want to, yeah. So talk yeah. about those baby steps you were mentioning. My background, something that I haven't mentioned is in performance psychology, something that I got into in the military, thinking of using our brains to their optimum potential, with whatever that is for you. A lot of the methods that are available for peak performance are really focused on people in high stress positions, high stress careers, you know, high stakes environments that are expected to perform to their highest potential at all times. Well, these tools are very applicable to everyday life because we are all living in a very stressful time. We could be, like you just said, like there's this expectation that we can have on ourselves, even if we're not aware of it, that can really impact our motivation. Like you said, the the, the need versus want to do something. I mean, that's just a huge, it sounds so simple and it's such, it can be really, really impactful to someone's motivation to change. So really it's about understanding first where you are, right? That awareness of, okay, what is checking in? What is really going on right now with all of these things? And what kinds of things am I using too much that I don't necessarily want to, or that maybe even questioning it, maybe it's impacting me. Well, you don't need to just cold turkey stop. Like that's not something that I would ever recommend. A lot of times, if you tell me not to think about popcorn, I love popcorn, but if you tell me not to think about it and that I can't eat it, that's all I'm going to think about and that's all I'm going to want to eat. But if I know that I can, I mean, this is not a perfect example, but if I know that in a week I can have my popcorn with my movie, then that's cool. Like then I'm not so obsessive about it. And that's really what this is, is looking for those little changes of, okay, where am I at? And then what you were just asking is, where do I ideally want to be? 
And this does not have to be this, this idea of success and health and wealth that our society wants for you or things that you should have with these billion dollar marketing campaigns for alcohol and name brand clothing. This is, what does it mean to you? What does success look like to you? What does health look like to you? You see these people that are in the gym 25 hours a week. Great. Wonderful for that person. But if you're someone who maybe doesn't have maybe physical limitation that could keep you out of the gym, then you're not seeing that as attainable. And it doesn't have to be develop your own idea of what those things look like for you. And then start asking yourself, okay, how do I get there? These little itty bitty changes. I love this because in so many ways, when people recognize maybe they have drug or alcohol or gambling problems, we immediately say, go to these groups, do these things. It's all we know. And I feel like you're flipping the script a little because I do hear so many people say, that's not for me. And yet that feels like in those situations, that's what everybody says, go do. So can you talk about that, that we have options? Ooh, I love that. Yeah. Thinking about those options. I mean, there's so many, I mean, even now we're in this wonderful age of connection. I mean, we can argue, yes, it can turn pretend, it can turn toxic when we're death scrolling and binge watching. But there, the wonderful thing about this is we are very well connected as a global society now. That's one of the the biggest, gosh, improvements or the biggest positive aspects of this is that now we have access to so many different options and to, to the ideas of people that we would have never known or maybe would have never, you know, their voice would have never reached before. Now a lot of it's out there. And there's going to, for example, if you, if we're talking about physical, I'm just going to make the physical is a very easy example to give. But when it comes down to physical exercise, I talk to a lot of people who are like, well, I'm not a runner. You don't need to run. You can just walk. So many different hike. There's rollerblading. There's, I mean, we could go on and on and on, right? There's like infinite possibilities and you'll never know what those things are if you're not trying various things. It even comes down to, like you were saying, these, these programs and these things that are helpful or recognizing that there are options. There are so many things that you can just watch a YouTube video and know if you connect to that idea, this, that could be monumental to your change. Maybe it doesn't work for someone else. And that's what you're saying. Like, okay, we have this widely accepted idea that this is the program that you should be doing. I read a stat once, Lori, and I think that we've talked about this before. It was that all like programs and modalities and methods that, that are out there and available, evidence-based alternative therapies, et cetera have the same, around the same success rate. The reason that is, is because we as individuals are going to connect to our individual things that are going to, for one way or another, really get in there and really stick with us and really make a difference because we're going to, I mean, reasons that we don't have time to talk about right now. But if I connect to something, you may not connect to that same thing. And it's not going to impact you the same way because you're not going to be into it. And that's what all of this is about. So with all of the available options, it's just being open-minded and curious about yourself and really just trying things and just learning about things and, and really just going out there and searching for the information, making sure that it's appropriate information, making sure the source is legitimate. Like those types of things are very, very important as well. But there's just so much information out there that it it can be used to our advantage to find something that really does work for us as individuals. This program gives people permission 
to do it different. And, uh, you know, I, I work in that. the recovery world. I hear people say, NA way, the only way. I, You know, everybody says that about their own program because it worked for them. But I love that you're opening the doors saying, if that's not your way, there is another way. And yeah. I love how you break it down into baby steps. It's not like this big overhaul. Yeah. And, you know, part of uh, one of the main purposes of hashtag binging sober is not to say I'm going to replace this. Like you need to replace this. This is just a practice. It's just a way of thinking that you kind of incorporate it into the way that you're approaching life. It's behind things. It's like behind the why. It's behind your why. It's yes, I want to be better. I want to do better. I want to feel better, but then let's get behind that. And what is that really about? And what does it look like for you specifically? It is not a one size fits all. It is going to involve you just revolutionizing the way that you're looking at life really and wellness. I mean, that's the most important thing. I love that you look at success because often I think that gets a lot of people in trouble they have this idea of what success is. So can you revisit that a little bit? Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. I love to talk about perceptions and our perceptions. And I mean, think about, I mean, we've come from so many different backgrounds and we're raised in so many different ways. And, you know, then we're all subject to what we talked about this billion dollar marketing campaigns that tell you what success should look like and tell you what your happiness should be. It's important to say, wait a minute, I have control of my own perceptions. What do I consider? success? What do I consider my own happiness? And I'll give you an example. Like with where I am right now, we talked about my my home and all this stuff and my kids are here. I have been really just so focused on hashtag binging sober is really about balance. And when I talk about balance, it's a dynamic thing. It's not like, I'm, hey, I'm balanced. It's done. You know, it's it's a daily, it's a daily thing. And understanding what that is for me and understanding what success looked like for me. Did I ever think as a, you know, single sailor, 20 years ago, traveling the world, that this is what I would consider happiness. I can't say that. But now having my family here over Christmas and just being able to have a relaxed holiday and our life is just kind of, like I said, just jiving. Let me put it that way. It's like, since I've really incorporated this practice, things are jiving. And a lot of that behind that why is looking at your own perceptions and deciding what that is for you. Some of us may have relationships in our lives that are telling us what they expect, whether verbally or, you know, not. So it's just kind of, you think that they expect that from you. It's really important to understand that there are things that we can control and there are things that we cannot. And the more that we focus on only the things that we can control, the better things are going to be immediately. Because a lot of times we spend a lot of that energy thinking and worrying about things that aren't within our control. And that comes from understanding what you can control comes from looking at what you want and your perception of what you want your success and your health and your wealth to be. What I love is this feels like not only like the sense of freedom, but choice. I see that in recovery so often is people, they don't have a choice. They, they do this, they do it this way. And if they don't, they're yep. going to pay the price. And I feel like you are opening the door to say, hey, you are your own person. You have a choice in what you want to do, how you want to do it. Yes. And I want this to be a supplement to all of those programs. <laughs> yes, it is a lot about choice. This is about discovering what works for you, uncovering what works for you. There may be things that you know work for you in the past. You're used to, as I call them, hey, I used to do this or, you know, I used to do that. Of course, that's wonderful when it's an unhealthy, toxic 
thing, but there are a lot of things that we used to do that were good for us. It's just that now a lot of these escapisms, these unhealthy, mind-numbing habits that have whizzled their way into our days are taking that time away that is spent that was spent on our used to, that was spent on something that really mattered to you. So again, about discovering, discovering new things that, that work for you and really going back to maybe some older things that you've lost. It's paying attention. It's kind of reducing it to the ridiculous, looking at baby steps. I don't know why, but suddenly I'm getting all these videos of babies walking and maybe because I have a one-year-old grand grandson, but these babies, you can do it. You can do it. We're all cheering them on, you know, and now they're teenagers and they're running and we're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I think about that a lot and a lot in, in performance we say, especially with our own self-talk and how, you know, how we're judging ourselves and talking to ourselves, which can happen at 400 words per minute which a lot of people do not recognize, but there's a lot going on in there. And so we really need to say like, you know, how are we treating ourselves? And a lot of times it's that it's like, would you yell at a child that's trying to like walk? Like we don't, we celebrate it. We celebrate all the falls and we celebrate all the crawling and all of that. And we really need to just carry that on into our lives and, and treat ourselves like that. Give ourselves that kind of support and recognition and grace and cheerleading. Well, her webpage is ColleenRyanHensley.com. She talks about escapism on her webpage, and I really recommend taking the quiz. Before we go, Colleen, what do you really want people to know? It's mm, my favorite question because it's really that, just as you were talking about earlier, our, the one thing that I have found throughout my healing adventure has been that our beautiful life exists in that place that we're avoiding. And a lot of times we don't even realize that we're avoiding those things because we're just really on a treadmill, the merry-go-round. All the uncertainty of digging below that and asking questions of ourselves can be a little challenging, especially, oh my gosh, this time of year is extremely challenging for a lot of people. It's just really important to recognize that Although there's uncertainty in thinking about societal perceptions, we are not really used to talking about things and we're not really used to facing things, but it can be just as ingrained in our routine as avoiding them. But the more you face things and, you know, process them or confront them or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, the better things become. So it's like moving from a merry-go-round to a roller coaster. Sure, (laughs) but it's much more interesting and, and much deeper richer experience. I don't know if you heard this, but Merriam-Webster picked their word of the year, which I thought was interesting because about 12 years ago, this word was way overused as a coach. We heard it all the time, but now it's the word of the year. Any ideas? Authentic. Yes. 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 That's awesome. I, that's, this is the second time this week I've had this conversation. I love that. I love that that's the word of the year. Yeah. It's so important. It is. And it sounds like what you're inviting people to is to stop the treadmill, to take a look at who are we really? Are we just doing what everyone's expecting us to do? Or are we, are we doing our program? Are we doing what we want? Right. Step into your real life, like your real life. Embrace it for all it is. I love it. Well, thank you so much. And again, her webpage is ColleenRyanHensley.com. She's got this awesome quiz. She has a podcast that's going to be coming out soon. Thank you so much for giving us options. Thank you so much for having me again, Lori. Do you have brain fog? Are you exhausted all the time? Do you struggle with depression? How about cravings? Imagine an enzyme 
that turns sugar into fiber. For a link to order your bottle, email me at lacoach at comcast.net. That's L-A-C-O-A-C-H at comcast.net. Three things we learned from Colleen. Maybe we're an escapist. And if we are, good news, there's help for that. We can also reimagine mental toughness and inspire others to start their healing journeys. And our beautiful life exists in the place we are avoiding. If you love this podcast, here's a big ask. Will you share with your friends and family? Subscribe, give us a review, and a five-star rating so that others looking to reinvent their lives will be able to get the help they're looking for. Thank you in advance.